Hello and welcome back to the Gig Guide to Life podcast, the podcast all about exposing our guests' dirty musical laundry. I'm your host, Will Stevenson, and this week I am joined by Tom Haywood from Doncaster, Old Rock Heroes, The Blinders. Hi, man. How are we doing? You all right? Good. How are you, man? We had a brilliant chat about everything from the importance of the pub and Black Sabbath tattoos to the Labour Party and safe gigs for women, along with The Blinders' new record, the suitably titled Fantasies of a Stay-at-Home psychopath i'll be back at the end with some more information but for now sit back relax and enjoy episode four of gig guide to life with tom haywood so you're all recovered now yeah <laughs> just Lovely. about um yeah i got a horrible food poison over the weekend oh, really? actually yeah it sucked um but all good now thanks yeah. for asking no worries. At least you knew what it was. I was worried when, obviously, we were saying about illness and stuff. I was like, Jesus, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just assume the worst, don't you, at the minute? You know what I mean? Yeah, no worries. Um, no, I just about sort of um, got my head together again yesterday. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, all good, though. Oh, nice one. Well, thanks for your time, man. Um, we'll kick no, right thanks into for inviting it. Me. No worries. So, there's just a few things I want to chat to before we got into um, the questions about live music. Of course. Uh, First of all, uh, you guys have just released the Mule Track Blinders, um, which you said was based on a painting by Paul Nash. I went and read the blog post all about it. Um, I really enjoyed the post, and I went and had a look at the painting as well. And I thought it was an amazing piece of art. And for me, and I think you drew on some similar ideas, I saw a lot of parallels with um, Black Lives Matter and the protests that have been going on stateside at the moment. Um, which is a much more important cause than World War One yeah, ever was. Sure, it, it, it's um, it, it, yeah. No, carry on, but um, so yeah, no. I just thought it was it was a really powerful track, and I thought it was something maybe a little bit outside of your usual wheelhouse to be inspired by such a specific uh, event. So if you just tell us about that, really. Yeah, um, I mean, it was so. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a it's a painting that hangs in the Imperial War Museum, and. Um, it's one of those um, pieces that just um, just just burn an impression on you. Um, you know, it's so profound, and uh, you find yourself just staring at it. And before you know it, you you know you're chasing a um, sort of rabbit hole of, of thought and emotion. Um, but you know, like you say, it's a it's a bit of a, a, a sort of interesting way to you know develop a song just from mm. a piece of artwork, but. Um, I think that's what we've tried to do for this record is just um, outsource influences a, a little bit differently, you know, try and turn things on the head a bit because with stuff like um, Paul Nash's artwork, uh, with you know, it's slightly got a surreal aspect to it and it does literally make you tilt your head sideways and, and, and look at things a little bit differently and I, I just love that. Um, so yeah, we, we, we picked up on that and... Um, felt compelled to write something about it really. And um, it sort of, yeah, it, it, it then, um, like you say, when, when it, we sort of developed this, this almost anti-war sentiment from it, but from there came a bit of a further narrative about um, the way that society is set up, you know, and um, the, the, these, these three layers and, and um, we sort of really, yeah, we really got into that. So, um, yeah, with the Black Lives Matter thing, though, obviously this has all come about. We wrote this song about 18 months ago now. So, you know, this has been there for a while, but it's interesting how it's sort of fallen into place with that narrative as well. And I think it just goes to show that there's, there's stuff that's opening up now that we need to have a conversation about, you know, we need to discuss, and uh, these issues are not exclusive to each other. Mm. Um, I think they, they, they sort of blend into one another and um, things like climate change and equality and, um, you know, even just preaching peace and not hate. Um, it all seems to be coming ahead, uh, to a head with this movement and um, it sort of fit nicely, if that's the best way to describe it. It's probably not. But, um, yeah, it's, it, uh, that, that's it, really. Do you think... Um... Mule Tracks sums up uh, the direction the, the new record's going. It was one of those tracks that we were really excited to release because of the intensity of it. I don't think mm. we'd released anything that, that was that sort of 
um, intense. It's a little bit, little bit more in line with some of the stuff we were doing on Columbia. Um, but I think we were more excited to get something out there that people could relate to if it was played live. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a big void in people's lives at the moment of, um, you know, the, the, that gap of live music that was in everyone's life before. So we wanted to drop something that was, that, that was exciting and that, was, that got the blood pumping. And um, yeah, I thought that Neil Track did, did that pretty well. Yeah. So. How are you coping with uh, lockdown? Where are you based at the moment, Manchester? Not too bad, yeah. I'm, I'm on my own in Manchester. Um, have been for, for about 12 weeks now. But yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Um, you start to uh, look at yourself a little bit more and, um, you know, you, you can't sort of uh, distract yourself that much. Um, it, it's, it's all very much in front of you. And I, th I think it's been really liberating for writing and um, for creating sort of had a bit of an explosion of 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 creativeness and um yeah just it's been great really yeah um especially when go you know talking about art and stuff even just following different projects like painting and um things like that it's it, yeah it's been it's been liberating yeah yeah definitely i think it's one of those things where it could go one way or the other can't it um yeah oh yeah i mean the, the lows of crush you know the crushing but yeah, and um, that I think that's what it is. It's it's difficult for everyone, isn't it? And um, I think you just understand those highs and lows a little bit more, and understand what's important and what's not. Um, you know, it's important to keep in touch with your family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, yeah, maybe not so important to just barrel roll into everything at 100 miles per hour. You know, it's it's allowed us to take a step back and calibrate a bit, and. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's been eye opening. I don't know yeah. about you, but no, definitely. Um, as far as the podcast goes, I've I recorded three or four of these before lockdown, and it's been really interesting because now everyone's trying to start a podcast. So mm, yeah, <laughs> I think we even to... we even uh, thought about uh, dipping our toes into it a bit. Yeah, uh, it's it's the easiest way of, of sort of being creative, I think, for a lot of people that are distanced. Because um, I don't know how you found the album rollout has been any different from normal yeah it's um actually with everyone now on these sort of zoom mm. uh calls it's it's been um you know we've been able to keep in contact with our label for example once a week which we we didn't really do before we maybe had a monthly call um so hopefully there's some things that we take from um the lockdown that, that continue really mm. um and if anything, it's sort of opened a lot of industry's eyes about how things need to, you know, be to progress and roll with the times, really. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. I think both on an industry level and just on a personal level for a lot of people. I know people have been doing calls with the family once a week with their friends much more often than you know they might otherwise have, and just speaking as well, just to the people you live with, even whether that be partner friends you know even complete strangers that people are just flat sharing with um and it's just it's nice i think to remind ourselves yeah. of that sometimes it is not like i say yeah you, it's 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 just gives a chance to to realize what's important i think mm. uh, and keep coming back to that and um yeah it's it's been pretty cool just uh, getting pissed up behind a yeah, yeah. computer really <laughs> and pretending you're at the pub kind of does the job was surprised how effective it was. Yeah. What's the thing you miss most? The pub, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, I say that in a in a funny way, but I think also I didn't realise me personally I didn't realise how much um, you you go to these. It can be any sort of communal place, I suppose. You know, it doesn't have to involve drinking, but any sort of communal place where you get together with people and, and you just talk and. Mm get things off your mind and you don't realize how much of a you do that and how much of a release it is um you know when when, when it all sort of builds up and you, you feel it you know coming in a bit i've sort of been using my family as like my counselor almost you know but but in in that with that void it was it was going down the boozer and talking to your friends and and you, you talk to them about your anxieties and your fears and 
and things that you're not happy with in your life and and they make you feel better um now that that's not there it's it's been difficult at times but um you know you've just got to readjust i suppose um but yeah i I think it's just shown us how how, you know keep reiterating it but how important it is to connect and um speak and um just communicate with other human beings yeah definitely so mule track the, the song we've been talking about is taken from your second um lp which is titled fantasies of a stay-at-home psychopath which seems oddly prescient now <laughs> <laughs> it was a complete fluke with the yeah. you know we're not we're not some sort of um heretic prophets or something like that you know it was just that and and that was it was it was a run of words that charlie had just um said once and we loved it and we eventually wrote a song around it that song got dropped but we still used the title because we just loved it so much and the stuff that we were talking about on the record there is a lot of isolation there and it is a record for people who have sort of been strung out in a hole at the bottom and not really knowing where to go with the life um you know i think this that that comes into play a lot so um now now going into lockdown it's physically brought some of those themes back um which has been yeah it's been bizarre but uh yeah that, uh, <laughs> fantasy so, stuff, I'm sorry. um how was it i don't know how much how much detail you can sort of go into on this with future plans and stuff but given that a lot of bands have been pushing back album rollouts because of things like um how it will inform upcoming tours and stuff mm. Have you considered like your touring cycle for this record? Obviously, we're not sure when everything's going to open up again yet. Yeah, so we're um, just trying to keep ahead of what's going on all the time. I think just like any other band is really, um, and we we're lucky to have a sort of manage management in place that is always keeping the fingers on the pulse and mm. um, constantly watching what's going on so we're just trying to shift the goalposts each time and um we're desperate to get out as soon as possible just like anybody else but if the guidelines are there at the end of the day we're only going to follow those guidelines so yeah um, you know we're not we're not about to go and do some guerrilla gig and um you know just uh, be, be so irresponsible like that but um yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. You know, the last thing we'd, we'd want to do is go on the road and then it'd be unsafe. Um, that, that's, no one wants that. So No, of course. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's one of those things, man. To me, <clears throat> forgive me for saying this, but I think the live environment is where you guys really thrive. When I first became aware of you was um, a gig at Jimmy's a few years back. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a couple oh, of issues previously. Um, but I thought it really, really did shine in the live environment. Um, how much how important is live music to you oh it's huge it's huge especially when you've got an album to release you know and as mm. you say um, when we we as a band have, have grown so much from the stage you know we've learned so much from being up on that stage and um, that is a part of what we do so when that's taken away um, it's it, it feels, it does feel like you lo- you're losing a limb a bit, um, and it is going to be really difficult to sort of show off this record how we want to show it off without that sort of you know going on the road and showing these 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 songs live is would be a huge part of what we do normally. So yeah, it sucks, but um, this is what we're living in, and we've got to adapt, and you know we're looking mm-hmm. at ways to do that. So we're thinking about maybe doing like a a full album playthrough of just a session um get in like a, a really nice studio and just play the album front to back um with additional musicians and stuff and just really try and focus on the other side of the spectrum um you know if we can't do a live show with um tassels and glitter and uh, fireworks then we'll do something that is equally as um Atten- you know the, the attention to detail has been has been there mm. um but just on the other side of the spectrum i think a lot of bands will be looking at doing that um trying to broaden their horizons and 
just trying to connect with people in a different way because that's what it's all about at the end of the day it's just that connection and that relation that you share with an audience without an audience it's it's fuck all isn't it <laughs> definitely i think that moves us nicely onto uh, the format of the podcast um so do you remember the first ever live music experience that you had i do uh i'm not proud of it <laughs> um I went to a Avril Lavigne show Beautiful. Uh, when I was, God, I must have been about seven years old. Yeah. yeah it was at the yeah, Sheffield, yeah. I think it's called the Motor Point now, or it might be called something different now. Sheffield Arena. Yeah. Uh, when uh, my mum my, my and auntie took me and my brother along. And it was amazing. It was fucking great. It was just, I don't know what it was. I was just completely captured by every the sea yeah, of people yeah, 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 you know, yeah. um rather than i mean avril Lavigne was great you know she's like this multi-instrumentalist fucking do you know what she's, she's got pipes though and she she can yeah she's fucking great <laughs> <laughs> um yeah a bit of a guilty pleasure there but yeah as far as first live it so yeah that was that was that but and and i think when so the first live experience that i really had that that sort of meant something um, and, and was quite profound and mm. was, had a bit of a formative effect was Arctic Monkeys at the Don Valley Bowl 2011. They mm. played um, with the Vaccines and Miles Kane, mm. or it might have been the Vaccines and Dead Sons when I went to see them. They did two days. And it was just incredible. It was just watching them walk on that stage and just absolutely own that place. And they had people eating out of the palm of their hands. Um, and Turner, who had come on, was he was going through this different you know they just released the fourth record and he had this crazy haircut it yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it i think it's moments like that 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 i miss the most when with 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 gigs you know that fire in your belly you get when you watch someone walk out on stage after all of this waiting around and, um, and there's this huge climax you know it's really missing stuff like that and um but yeah what about you? When was your first gig? Do you know what? This, this, genuinely, this is part of the reason I started the podcast because I have a really good answer to this. My all dad right. taught me. My dad <laughs> taught me to go and see Black Sabbath in two thousand and seven. Wow! All right. Do you know what? It, since then, there's been loads of shit ones, but for, yeah. <laughs> but I like that as a starting point. It's not too bad. It yeah, was, that's that's great. I mean, Sabbath is a, a group that I've, I've been into since I was a kid. It, I've yeah. got a tattoo of Sabbath on my arm, actually. Ah, incredible. I got that when I was 18 because they made me pick up a yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, years old. yeah. yeah for and me personally, t Tony Iommi as well. Like, because even just little tiny things about him, he's left-handed. I can't play guitar for shit, but I thought I'd be able to when I was 10. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That was what yeah. I was getting into. And because he was left-handed, I'm left-handed. He's working class and he's not from far away. I'm just from Birmingham. I'm from the Midlands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And... It's just like the power of those little tiny things, isn't it? And you think, bloody hell. I could it's incredible, yeah. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful way of how people, um, again, sort of adapt and, mm. and shift goalposts. It is because, you know, when he, he um, had an accident in, mm. in the factory and missed it, lost the tips of his fingers. So in order to um, compensate for that, he creates this huge sound yeah. that he can get just out of two notes. Um, and it's it's just admirable. It, it's it's mind blowing. I think that is that is the most important thing for creativity is doing something that is so off piste um, that you perhaps even yourself don't really believe in, but you just follow it because that's that's the way you've got to yeah, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it becomes this thing, you know. Again, you, you just it sort of put things in per, to perspective mm. as as to why we listen to so much music and why we enjoy so many great movies. And it's because there is that visual human connection mm. um, and, and, you know, audio human connection, you know, when, when you sit and listen to a record and it's that person's voice that is speaking to you um, and you, you, you try and put their words into a perspective of your own life. Um, you just can't help doing it. We, we, we just do it, don't we? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, with 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 stuff like this. I think people just want to hear people having a conversation. You know, <laughs> just, it's just especially at the moment where people are maybe you know not with anybody else, and just to have that ability to sneak in on somebody else's. That's what I like about all my favorite podcasts. Is yeah, sure. It's like I mean, I don't really listen to them too much, but mm. Charlie does. He's 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 really into like you know um, 
some of the crouch uh, podcasts and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that that's that's just, it, it's it's almost like eavesdropping on a conversation, or uh, I don't know. It's it's nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what's um what's the most recent gig you attended pre-lockdown? Ah, I went to the Growlers at nice. Albert Hall in Manchester. That was amazing. I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. get a chance to. I was really into the Growlers when I was a kid. Uh, when I was like 16, 17, um, I used to have a group of friends who, you know, we all just used to be into the same sort of shit, get up to the same sort of shit. And um, yeah, the Growlers at Albert Hall, uh, that was really great. And I think they're a, a good example of a band who's just progressed and progressed and progressed. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not being in the, um, you know, the public's, you know, some people that don't like the way that they go, but again, some people, it's just completely opened this new realm for them, mm. but, you know, with working with Julian Casablancas, et cetera. Um, and then going on to do the, the latest record. So they're just an amazing band. And, you know, that guy just shits out melodies, man. I don't know how he does it, but he's it, just, some of the songs you, you listen to, you're like, fuck, how do they do that, man? Um, yeah, the Growlers, at, at, or what was the, what was the last gig you went to? What was, do you know what? The, the, like, the most recent big gig I went to, I went to a couple of like just mates, um, bands and stuff, like the sort of delights, um, which was cool. But before that, the most recent big gig I went to was Kylie Ray Jepsen, which was beautiful. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She smashed it. Full band, like saxophonist and everything. And she really yeah. did, yeah. I didn't even know she was still on the circuit for some reason. Yeah, man. I don't know. If you go and go and listen to her most recent two records, really, if you're into pop music at all. Really no, sure. I mean, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give them a listen. I'm intrigued. Um, so what's the, best, what's the best thing that you've ever seen? Best gig I ever saw? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I mean, it, 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 can I have a, a moment at a festival instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, by all means. Sure. So um, probably... Kate Tempest at Glastonbury um, is just etched in my mind for forever. Uh, That was, I think, because of the circumstances of the whole thing. And, you know, it was the sort of post-Brexit stuff. Mm. Um, And there was a genuine feeling of we've lost this, you know, and and Labour was crashing down. And obviously then the general election came up and and it it, it didn't, you know, it it was a landslide victory to the Tories. So there was that feeling that we were an almost unlistened to um, sort of bunch. And when Kate Tempest then delivered these, these, you know, beautiful monologues that she does and beautiful songs that she does, you know, there, there was one point where there wasn't a person inside that, that didn't have, you know, didn't have tears down the face. It was just beautiful. It was, um, it makes it makes my fucking lip go thinking about it. Actually, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, Kate is just a fuck. I've never got to see her um, personally. It's really one of those bucket list things because she is just an astounding oh, human God. being. Yeah, and I think again, it's just like she is so on the pulse of what mm. a, a large group of people, you know, are thinking and. She's got this beautiful ability to just tap into um, this high mindset of, 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 of discontent. And she's not afraid to be realistic about things and really hold that mirror up and, um, you know, say, this is what we've fucking created. Um, and, and it was, but yeah, the Kate Tempest at Glaster was... Yeah. was it's got a really, really powerful way of weaving things, like with a lot of poise and intricacy but also just super like on the nose and really like immediate yeah it sort of fluctuates from yeah. um these these really um sort of well-known household phrases that are just like threaded into yeah. amazing sentiment and and she'll finish you know it's kind of like dylan as he finishes his verses with these one lines one line as a something really profound and she's just a master um she's she's a, a wonderful wonderful songwriter and if you want to call her a songwriter i don't know what what she would refer herself to but um, yeah yeah she's fantastic she's br- yeah artist i think yeah yeah that's yeah, brilliant sure answer. Yeah. what um going from, going from high to low what's what's the worst thing that you can ever remember seeing at a gig and that doesn't have to be the band on stage either it can be sure, sure. um I don't really know, man. 
I mean, it was a bit of a bummer when we played in London at the garage. Yeah. And there was um, this sort of scrap that uh, kicked off in the middle of the audience just towards the end. I think we'd gone into like the last song. It was something slow, like Orbit or something. And um, yeah, there was this scuffle. And we found out at the end that it was um, someone sexu- like sexually harassing oh, this Jesus. woman. Um, and then, you know, a load of people just basically chucking him out and calling him out for it. It was horrible, man. You know, you don't expect that shit to happen at your gigs. And, you know, you always read about it. Um, but it, it, so we, we felt we felt inclined to say something and we did. And I think then we got safe gigs for women involved mm. um, for, for the tour after that. Um, but yeah, you know, there's no place for that shit at gigs, man. You know, I don't care how much fucking booze you've drank. It's, it's just not, um, it, it's not something that I could relate to what was going on in that person's head. But um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what about you? Have you seen anything uh, horrendous? Uh, well, I mean, festivals are just generally, campsites at festivals are just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know I've, sort of, I've sort of just put all like the mudslides and the, the yeah, 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 yeah. at the back of my mind. But <laughs> do you know what? This is your point was so like um, well phrased and 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 such a lovely sentiment. And I'm just gonna drag this podcast down. A no, 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 fucking go it's, ahead, mate. I'll just flower it with words, man. Yeah, <laughs> well, at, um, at Bloodstock Festival, heavy metal festival in in um, sure. Derby. Years yeah. ago, I, I didn't know it was in Derby actually. Yeah, yeah, it's in Derbyshire. I'm not I'm not sure where, but somewhere in Derbyshire, Carlton Field, something like that. Yeah, sure. um, there was a I, I can't remember who was playing at the time, it was someone well, like Napalm Death or something like this, some very big like metal band. And um, there was a circle pit going, and in the middle of the circle pit, there was just two people just going for it, shagging in the middle of the circle pit, <laughs> just which is the fucking because it's not romantic music either. Uh, that's just like you know animalistic yeah falling isn't it man like a cocktail of probably yeah. two drugs <laughs> and just just shag a post or something man you know like you know what i mean to... go to your tent man like it's calm tent, man. <laughs> it's multitasking oh, isn't it to the next right. level uh, yeah yeah that's, that's oh well i've got another one for the best thing i've seen at the game with um uh god i can't remember where he was now but um Oh, I might have even dreamt it. I don't know, but um, there, there was the, there was this guy in a wheelchair, and um, he got put up to the top. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, where have I seen? Have I seen that online, or did I see that at a gig? I can't remember. But anyway, I'm sure. I've got I think I've video. seen the clip of this. I think I must have seen a clip or something. Well, if we're talking about the clip, then that's the sort of fucking beautiful moments that I want yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Where there's, there's some guy in the wheelchair who's getting fucking dead involved and. And they pull him up and hoist him on the shoulders and put him right over. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> stuff, man. Yeah, great stuff, man. What's the wildest thing you've seen at a gig of yours in a, in a positive way? I think it depends how you um, okay. define wild. I mean, wild yeah, 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 yeah. is someone coming up to me with the face paint on. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Where, um, did the, uh, where did the idea for the face paint come from? That was a couple of places. Well, it, it, it came from nowhere, really. Um, I remember we, we'd done, we had a show at the Deaf Institute in Manchester. It was our first sold out show in Manchester. And we were on cloud nine. Mm. Uh, you know, we, this was a, a moment where we, I think we moved to Manchester like a couple of months before, got set up, did a few gigs around Salford and uh, stuff. This was the first one that we'd done in the city. Um, we sold it out and you know, just saying to the lads in the back, like, we need to do something that's going to make people remember this gig. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think there was, there was some face paint, there was some blue face paint just hanging around and I fucking got it. It just, just went like that down my eyes, just like that. It's like Tommy Cooper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then went on the stage and it just, uh, the power that felt from, mm. um, like, I, I don't know whether it was because I was covering my face or whether it was because I knew that people were seeing this terrifying face paint that frankly I just stole from like a Skyrim character or something like the war paint shit that you can get on those games. Or, Makes uh, it a lot less scary, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
yeah and and then it stuck and we just carried on doing it and we changed it and then sort of start to build this character around it and build this narrative very much one of those people who can't really write for myself um have to write for 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 people and for characters and for for fictional um egos um and i think that's still continued to the second record even though it's a little more subtle um you know i don't go around with my fucking hair combed back at, at, at you know seven days a week as much as i'd like to um but do you think of it as character acting to a degree yeah sort of it's it, do, it does it does I mean, I've never consciously done that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it it does feel like it. It's much more comfortable to um, fabricate this sort of person's ego in your head. Yeah, it it sounds psychopathic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, definitely, yeah. man. I think it makes sense. I like the idea of it. I think, especially when writing around the topics that you guys cover, it's difficult to sometimes. Absolutely, as, no, as I, I was no, saying, no, with Kate no, Tempest, no, yeah, yeah, not not it, not speaking cliche. Yeah, and and also it's difficult to sometimes one hundred percent put yourself behind mm. that. But um, you know, so when we're discussing songs that are of pretty uh, uncomfortable nature mm. it's much easier to then just step in these shoes of this arrogant sort of character that is preaching these words you know um that's the way that it works for us anyway and uh, it, i'll probably continue to do that until until i find a way to properly express my own emotions <laughs> <laughs> no definitely you were saying earlier about um just as we kicked off about feeling very creative at the moment um obviously the second record's all done and dusted yeah is it is it more stuff for blinders solo stuff that you're working on it's so i've made i've been sure to so i know i've just been talking about writing in this yeah 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 but I've made sure this time around that there's no um, there's, there's, there's no sort of boundaries. There's no box that I'm trying to fit it into. Um, a lot of the times I've just dropped songs because I thought they're not they're not blind as songs. They're, mm. they're just I don't know what they are. But then you sort of ask, well, what is the blinders? Well, I'm I'm the blinders. Charlie's the blinders. You know, Matt's the blinders. It, it's it's whatever we want to do. Um, mm. And I, I think it's been, this lockdown has been amazing at um, this sort of, um, yeah, exploring ways to just do what you want, just be creative and do what comes and do what feels right instead of trying to pander to this image and to this, um, yeah. And I think it's also the format, you know, I'm sat in my fucking pyjama box. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't be a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, just uh, smoking like a chimney and um, it's been great, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, it feels very, you're very conscious at the moment, I think, of being normal because sure. it's not, we're not going out and, and performing or anything like that. It's literally yeah. day to day of, we're, yeah, we're all, we're all inside. You know, sure. I'm having the same time right now as, as like whoever they everyone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think that again, and maybe and maybe from this, that'll be quite a permanent change. You know, that mm -hmm. it'll just be a. We look at um, this sort of separation of artist and audience very differently mm -hmm. because, if anything, especially with social media now and and the openness of social media and how it demands you to be so current and. Mm -hmm. um, almost relay almost everything that's going off in your life. I mean, we, we, we don't do it. We, we refuse to do it just because we, we don't, we don't really take part in that sort of stuff. It, it, it's, it's not something that we've really found a way to do yet. But um, yeah, it, 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 again, you know, it, I think bands and the ethos of bands will change. And I think there'll be a less of a separation of us and them and more of a, a collective. Um, I think idols managed to do that really, really well when they brought out their record and they've made it so, you know, they pushed for that idea that this is a collective, this is your music. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And it's I think absolutely spot on, I think. It's something that I think idols 
have taken a bit from like the worlds of hip hop and stuff because I sure. think that that's been doing it for a while, and I think that's influenced sure. by things like hip hop always being having ties to reality TV, whether you know sure. through many different means. People have always felt a little bit closer to rappers, even though they've got these big, massive personas that rock bands don't even really have. The work, average working class boys or whatever, which sure. is harder to then make into a persona that you're then putting yeah. on your socials because yeah. it's just like I'm, I'm just going for a chippy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it, it's completely dependent on on what the artist wants to do. Um, mm. Some people will do that persona because that's how it makes them it makes them feel comfortable. You know, they're not comfortable in 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 their own skin almost, and they're not um, they're not comfortable with their own personality being what's mm. because because they they don't find it interesting enough or they don't find it you know. Um, it's in, it's funny how much pressure that we put on ourselves for that, um, you know, hypothetically, and um, so I think that might change a little bit. I think it, it it will, like you say, go a bit more to the hip hop sort of um, ethos of things. I mean, forgive me for my ignorance, but you know, that's that's one sort of part of music that I've not um, not really got into. I mean, my brother was a huge Wu Tang fan, but it's one area of music that I'd love to. Um, really really sink into i know david bowie just before he died you know he, he cited a lot of influences from the hip-hop world when he was doing black star and yeah. that that sort of engaged me a bit but yeah sort of just left it on the back burner for a while interestingly i've listened to you know bad bad not good yeah 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 yeah, yeah and they do this thing with um ghostface killer it, uh, yes that's right yeah 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 but uh, it's all dirty bastard is he passed away or yeah yeah he passed away yeah yeah ago. so it's ghostface killer and that is just ah, oh, what a piece of work! Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's an instrumental um, album of that, uh, and, and the the music around it is fantastic. Yeah, very. Well, that might be a bad example, you know, because that's, no, I think that's I think that's a great example. I think the thing with hip hop is it's just as broad as, as guitar based music. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was going to say to you, but I love I love that. St- so if you could sort of suggest like stuff that uses yeah, yeah, yeah. instruments and is and is like almost jazzy in a way, yeah. you know. Do you know what? Three records. Uh, go and do Tribe Called Quest, most recent one. Thank you for your service. We got it from here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me get a fucking pen. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what? So it was. Thank you for your service. The most recent yeah. uh, Tribe Called Quest record. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Have you listened to Kendrick's album? No. There you go. No, That's Charlie, number one. Has, Charlie said it, it's yeah. sublime. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick. I think you'll. Love that was that, the one that um, Obama cited as one yeah, of his Yeah, 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 yeah. Obama's got a mad taste in music, you know. Like not, every sure. year, he's coming out with these massive, <laughs> like indie little weird things as well. And um, he, does, he does seem to. He does seem to be uh, now. We've you know looking at the sort of Donald Trump stuff. Yeah, it seems like light years away of what Obama was, and Obama it does done it. It's modern, you know, president with. Yeah. He just understood what was going on. Um, and but I don't know. There's a couple of arguments for it because would would um, with with someone like Obama would they then have been able to get away with stuff behind the scenes? Because well, the thing is that Obama, for me, and I'm not speaking from an American perspective. I'm not even that informed on it. Only as only as uh, you know, watchers. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know, man. Like it's it's all very centrist in it obama was a brilliant speaker like for me i thought he was a fantastic speaker but he also still just bombed africa absolutely, absolutely. and that you know yeah. and that's something i uh, i heard a carla speaking about quite recently on scrooby's pitch podcast I can't, like uh libya is an african nation we don't think of it as much because they speak um urdu and it you know it, sure. it's and you think you think, around, you think of it around you know the mediterranean so. yeah 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 but it's you know obama was this amazing half-black president but he bombed an African nation, you know. Sure, sure. And, and I think that's a massive that's, refugee crisis. It's sort of like I think with the Trump stuff, mm. he's so blatant and he's so yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think now that's really reared this ugly face of of um, of you know bureaucracy in America, um, and and people have fucking had enough, man. Yeah. Um, obviously now stemming from the Black Lives Matter movement and not trying to take any sort of narrative away from that, but. I think there is a lot of a lot of issues that can be argued on the same um, on the same playing field. You know, it, it's 
feels like change is coming, man, over there. Um, yeah, and I really hope so. And, and I think it's absolutely admirable what, what the peaceful protesters are doing, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's something that you can't really say a word against once well, you look at it. It's the same thing. You know, I was speaking earlier about pubs and the importance of having chats and stuff and, and Zoom calls. And I was saying to a few mates a couple of weeks ago on a Zoom call that Trump is just a... He's just a um, like symptom any because if he stays in another term in a way for me it's not a bad thing because the the, the protests are going to carry on sure. and get worse and sure. we're going to see it come to this sort ahead, of a conclusion yeah, yeah 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 whereas if biden gets in we're back to square one aren't we because i mean it, it does feel like again you know we talk about public speaking biden would be this sort of public mm. speaker that just bullshits his way through and that's not what you want but i don't know man I, i'm I, i'm sort of I mean, I do understand that with the hiding of truth and mm. will, destruction will come because that's the people want truth. You know, the, the people don't like being fucking lied to, man. That's just as simple as that. Um, and so, but I, as much as I'd like to see some sort of revolutionary change, um, I think a Biden term would be a bit of relief at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Definitely. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. And then the third record. Did you have a third record? Third record, yeah, I did. Where's it gone? Classic, boom bap, jazz-influenced, Big L, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Cool. Which is like a a classic 90s hip-hop record. It's really interesting to me because Big L could have been as big as Nas and Jay-Z. Right. But was just shot down in his prime, and we we lost him. We only put out the one record, Shit. and it is fun- in terms of like Kate Tempest style lyricism. Um, I mean, the title says it all. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that's definitely the third one. I'd say I'll listen to them today. Um, do you have a um, do you have a listening set like sort of place that you go and do your listening? So I've got the corner of my living room. It's over there, and I've got a record, a shitty player on the floor, but. <laughs> Um, but I do love um, physical records, uh, regardless of how good or bad the player is at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's I normally set myself up and, and no distraction whatsoever. I don't I don't really listen to music in the background. It's not something that I do. I think um, I always like to focus on on music. If I listen to music in the background, I put classic fan on. Um, Seriously, I'd fucking love it. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. It's something about it that just keeps you sharp between the eyes. But um, yeah, and I've sort of got into a habit of listening to too much music in this lockdown. I haven't actually yeah. listened to a record for t- two weeks now, um, just because I've almost become a little bit numb to it all. I've listened to everything I wanted to listen to three times. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, uh, but those albums will be great. I'm gonna yeah, say. no, definitely, man. I've, I've done the exact same thing. We've just moved house, um, and I've done the same thing. I've set up a little listening space in my room, sure. in, in the spare room in the office, and, and I'm trying to just listen to music here because if I'm doing it while I'm just going around taking a dog for a walk or whatever, I'm not fully engaged with it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Absolutely. it's yeah, I think you sort of... Um, I, mean, I don't want to gatekeep music, you know, it's not the only way to listen to it, but, um, you know, I certainly think that I, I, I get pissed off when people don't listen to the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get really, really pissed off. Um, and I, I, especially when, so we did the, the Labour tour in December. Um, you know, we've, 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 we made no secrets that we 100% supported Corbyn in, um, in, in that um, during his time as Labour leader. What do you think of Keir Starmer? Don't know, man. I've not made my yeah. mind up. Um, I've, I've really not made my mind up. I mean, at first glance, he doesn't stand for anything that I stand for in terms mm. of... Um, sorry, not stand for. That's a bad way to put it. I can't really relate to him the way that I could relate to Corbyn. Yeah, no, I get that. He just seems yeah. a little bit distant. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I, 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 again, it comes back to this sort of public speaker thing. And mm. I don't really like it when people are that good at public speaking when they don't actually say that much yeah um and it, it's a little bit on on a, on a knife's edge at the moment but i yeah. don't know you know there's still some time and 
Uh, don't know what do you think. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit undecided about it. Do you know what? I'm exactly the same. I didn't. The thing is, I didn't think there was anyone that was really any good in sure. the in the leadership yeah, thing. Right. Like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Angela Rayner was interesting. She she was quite good. Yeah, yeah. But she was never going to. Well, who's the other Corbynite? I've forgotten her name. Rebecca Long Bailey. Rebecca Long Bailey. I like her ideas, but she's just she's never going to connect with people. Do you know what I mean? Sure. For me. Sure, and I, I, but I think there is there is a serious problem that Labour's now been tarnished mm. um, completely by the Tory press. You know, I, I don't think that's a a um, an unreasonable thing to say. Mm. Uh, that it is a, a lot of this is down to the way that Corbyn and the Labour Party was hounded by the Tory press. Um, but I, I don't think they can get away with that bullshit anymore. You know, especially after the Cummins thing. Mm. Um, where, he, where he, he breached lockdown and for all to see, and they just denied it and denied it and denied it. And that's, that's the problem that's going on, especially in America as well. It's when truth is covered up and when the truth is bound and gagged and people can fucking see it. And people are going to get pissed, man. They're, they're going to d- destroy shit because they're fucking sick and tired of these people just leading them to believe that they can, they can do what they fucking want and they can't. You know? And I think people need to show that. I think that's what people are doing with the Black Lives Matter movement. They can't just do what they fucking want and they can't just oppress an entire race of people, which is exactly what they're doing. And they've been doing it for 400 fucking years. Um, and it's, it's all coming to a head, you know. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. Don't you agree? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, it's, um, it's been wild to me, the amount of people that have said, you know, this is more dangerous than corona. And not wild in that I, I'm surprised by it, but just the, the, the passion and the ferocity of this to happen now when this I has guess, been going yeah. on for so many years. Like, it's not like black people have only just started being killed by the police. This sure. is an ongoing issue. And this has been the sort of tender spark. But, but if, it, if it's emotion that drives mm. it, and, mm. and, and, and I mean, you don't get much more emotion from... I mean, I haven't watched the video. I refuse to watch oh, it. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if that's disrespectful or not, but I'm just really squeamish with stuff like that. Like, I, I don't I, think it is at all. No. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, yeah, I, I hate anything to do with with death and stuff. Um, and and but you know, like that is you just it's fucking seething. Mm. Um, and so if emotion drives us, then that you know we've got to jump on that momentum i suppose yeah 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 100 percent. it's a time bomb in it because we've all been locked up as well like there's so much eagerness to just do something as you say and then again we can very clearly see and it's always been the case but but there's never been photo evidence or or video evidence before because we've not got to that point but now you can see look you're saying this but my eyes you know it's 1984 isn't it not to believe your eyes so depressing (laughs) <laughs> yeah lovely lovely chat eh? <laughs> <laughs> as we announced that we was going to do these labor shows we got this huge backlash from you know people who listen to our mm. music who was like keep stick to the music you know don't do politics it's like do you even fucking listen to the song <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 listen to what we're talking about it just pisses me off man like you know because we don't really focus too much on the music we just you know develop that from the lyrics so it does feel like a bit of a um, I don't know. Maybe I've turned into a. Nah, you're you're right. It's, it's it's a bizarre <laughs> thing with punk. I, I saw. Did you see someone tweeted um, "Rage Against the Machine" saying the same thing? I thought the band's called "Rage Against the Machine." <laughs> you couldn't be more blind in Yeah, life. it's bizarre, isn't it? It's really strange. Yeah. No, that's brilliant, man. Uh, as we start to wrap up, as we're coming to the hour. Sure. Um, I guess. Have you got any recommendations for anyone else that you've been listening to over lockdown? I've. I mean, I get into terrible habits of listening to um, a lot of um, has-been music, if you like. <laughs> um, so I'd, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, I got really into, especially yeah, their yeah. record, Sound of Silence, which is um, Tom, uh, oh God, what's he called now? Tom Wilson, who did yeah. the Dylan records. Um, he then took on a Simon and Garfunkel record, made, made it electric. Mm. Um, and... Simon and Garfunkel at this point were about to call it quits. You know, they were just doing the acoustic thing. And he overdu- he got some musicians in the studio and overdubbed the sound of silence with an electric version. If you've not heard it, it will fucking blow your mind. It's just the way that the drums come in. It's fucking, 
Goosebump uh, in June. So yeah, Sound of Silence by Simon Garfunkel. That whole record. Watch out for tunes like Richard Corey, um, like the um, Blessed uh, and I Am A Rock. And then uh, what else have we been listening to? A lot of Pink Floyd, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, lots and lots of Floyd. Um, a lot of Dylan. I think Dylan's always been a favourite artist of mine, and um, especially now when given the time, I think you do need to give time to Dylan records. Yeah. Um, and you find stuff like that when it's lyric heavy. But once you get into the groove of it, um, it just unravels. And the way that he plays with words and creates these images in your mind um, for you is it, the human brain is a beautiful thing. And especially when you've got something to uh, enhance that, um, you know, it's amazing what your mind can picture and um, imagine and uh, really beautiful. And then maybe something contemporary. Um, I'll, I'll have to recommend a Bad Bad Not Good record. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a brilliant show, man. Have yeah. you listened to their, to their other stuff as well? Without no, no, I've only listened to that record. It, yeah. I actually heard it in a coffee shop when I was having a meeting with someone. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I just got them to Shazam it because I was like, I've been looking for that fucking sound for so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, that's it, really. No, I've definitely got some more as well. I, I, you know, you can never think off the top of your head. I'll have to send you. I'm one. struggling to think now. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I should have come prepared, man. No, you're all right, mate. No worries. Not yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll recommend Classic FM then. There we uh, go. If anyone's <laughs> struggling, uh, you know, to, to sort of get a bit, you know, get enthusiastic and stuff. Yeah. And Classic FM's, it, it, the, the music on there, it's just, they're all 10 minutes long and there's so many layers to it and so many lines that you can just choose to follow. Um, or you can just listen to it as background music. Yeah, definitely, man. That is absolutely perfect. We're going to wrap up, yeah. Tom Hayward, right. thank you very much. Nice one, mate. Thank you. Lovely stuff. Too. All right, thank you very much. Pleasure. See you in a bit. Thank you so much, Will. Lovely Take it easy. Have a good day. You too. There we go. That was Tom Haywood. What a brilliant chat we had. Really insightful views on the current state of the Labour Party and, of course, the Blinders' new music. I'll be back next Monday with Rowan McCabe, a.k.a. the door-to-door poet, a brilliant performer with an amazing TED Talk you should go and watch on YouTube and who has performed at Glastonbury. If you enjoyed this episode, please go and follow all the usual social channels at Gig Guide to Life and give us five stars on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for this episode. Go to Tom Haywood, Tom from Sonic PR, Ellie Stevenson for the artwork. I've been Will Stevenson and this has been the Gig Guide to Life podcast. Have a beautiful week. Bye.